Welcome to the Homestead Life Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph. Let's get growing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Homestead Life. I'm your host, Joseph, and I am here with James. He is known on Twitter as, what's your handle? Appalachian Homesteader. Appalachian Homesteader. Uh, met him a little while back. I've enjoyed interacting with him on there. Uh, he is a bit younger than me, but has been in this longer than me. So, uh, grew up in the homestead lifestyle, you told me? Yeah, I, I, I cut my teeth on it. That's what we would say here in, in eastern Kentucky. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, homesteading for probably since I was at least 10 years old, but I've always been around it. And, and when I say that I've been homesteading, I mean that I've actively, you know, done projects i wasn't just wasn't just helping i did a lot of that too but uh, my grandmother taught me how to can and grow a garden and uh, that's been uh, one of my passions one of my favorite things to do uh, since since i was a little boy and now i i carry that torch on and uh have been really done a lot more things beside that i i can build things i can raise livestock i hunt i do all the the uh, uh things that we think of when we think about what a what a homesteader is so very good married kids yet not yet yeah, <laughs> yeah so not yet <laughs> hopefully not too long <laughs> i have uh i have a 17 year old and a 12 year old and a six year old and the 17 year old is the only one that has any type of interest in homesteading whatsoever uh, that was how my sister and I were. I was the one that was interested in it and, and carried it on. Hannah, Hannah couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter likes animals. She don't really care about the plants. Um, and my other boy absolutely hates working outside. on the <laughs> so, but, uh, so you've been doing it for roughly 14 years now. And uh, so what, what's your what's your day to day like? like? What's your routine on your homestead? Uh, typically, and I mean, it, it changes with the seasons. I mean, you know, the summer season is always uh, super busy, uh, but uh, any typical day, uh, you know, is always first thing I've got to do is I've got to let the chickens out like they, they've got to get out. I free range my chickens and uh, I have a I have a goose. Uh, I had a pair of geese. He's a but he is the only one left and didn't replace the female. Uh, they are mean and they will bite your shins and they're really, I'll be honest with you, they're more, uh, more for, for, uh, just, just fun than anything else, but I've got to let the chickens out, uh, make sure that they've got water, make sure the rabbits have water, uh, those type things. Uh, then I also, I have a, have a, a day job as well. This is not the only thing that I do, uh, but do that, uh, in the evenings, uh, of course, in the summertime, super busy. I mean, it's, you know, it's something all the time. Uh, canning, gathering produce, um, take, I do a lot of stu other stuff outside as well, take care of any projects that need to be done, um, things like that. I'm also a writer. Uh, I, you, if you have uh, ever read Backwoods Home Magazine, I've wrote off and on for them for the last 10 years. Uh, just kind of actually just the last couple of years getting back into that and uh, been working on some pieces for them and uh, just actually they just published one of them about growing kale that was in the most recent uh issue that was put out but uh which magazine you know, was that backwoods home magazine uh it's based out of oregon uh but yeah i've i've that was where i actually read a lot of it and uh, got a lot of my start on that and then i've i think 2012 is when i started uh freelance writing there uh did, did a lot of that for a couple of years after that, kind of got away from it for a couple of years and then have recently picked it back up. And, uh, but that's, I, I did a lot of that. Um, as far as, like I said, in the summertime, in the spring, um, always planning, always uh, doing projects, doing things like that. And, and my biggest piece of advice, and I know that Joseph, he emphasizes this a lot on Twitter, because that's, I mean, this is one of those things that I'm, I'm a cheerleader about is because you've got to have a plan. Uh, you cannot, um, you can't just go into it without any idea of what you want to accomplish. And uh, if you're listening to this and you're a new homesteader, you've got to be thinking about some attainable goals that you can set 
and how are you going to get to them in order to be successful? Right. You got to, you know, I do uh, garden planning um, as a, I call it garden planning and I guess that's the wrong thing. It's more of a, uh, I, I've done a, two homesteads and a food forest so far. So I actually, actually have not planned it just a simple garden yet but there's really no such thing as a simple garden is there so no i've never just uh, there we go. <laughs> there's so much there's so much uh there's so much that goes into a garden and I'll, I'll be honest with you i think you know this is this my opinion but a good homestead actually starts in the kitchen because it revolves around uh putting food on the table typically i mean that's when i mean at least that's where most people start. Now you might get into alternative energy and things like that, but most most of it starts around the kitchen table. And planning a good garden and a homestead around that kitchen table is is the probably the biggest step uh, into getting to, uh, to attaining food security and independence. Right. And, down. and you know, I talk to people all the time that they want to plant this, and they want to plant that. Next thing you know, they have forty different things they want to put in the garden. I'm like, how much of that are you actually going to eat? regularly yeah, yeah for sure um so many people want to put eggplants in the garden and they've never they've never eaten an eggplant in their life and, and like why are you even putting it there yeah. so but you're absolutely correct it, it starts i've never thought about it that way but it starts in the kitchen you know you got to know what you like what you want and and go from there you know yeah there's i mean and this is just this is just me but there are seven things i mean seven crops that i think you have to have in order uh in order to to really for for my for what i eat and what i share with my family uh, that's what i there's seven crops that you've got to start out with and that's potatoes and tomatoes and beans squash and corn carrots and onions and those seven right there if you can if you have those you can do just about anything you want in the kitchen and you can preserve them a variety of ways too it's not just um i, I can a lot i've always canned a lot it's something that i you know, that I uh, was taught to do. And it's kind of sentimental to me at this point. You know, I enjoy it. It's functional, of course, but it's oh, yeah. sentimental to me as well. But, uh, you know, if you look at that, those seven, that's how, I, that's kind of how I structure my garden. That's that's the seven, the seven things that I structure my garden around. And I grow a lot of other things besides that, but that's my focus, those seven crops. If you can grow those, you can do anything. Yeah, we don't, we don't do really do tomatoes. I do grow them. Uh, my wife's allergic to them. <laughs> so uh, i mean i mean like she's going to the hospital if she touches one oh, wow but, uh, but I, I can say potatoes green beans onions corn and probably watermelons <laughs> probably my other one because gotta uh, have them you know my kids will destroy them my my, my dad yeah, um, last year he's over here every week getting another watermelon and uh yeah, you, you got to start with what you what your family likes, what they're going to eat. You know, you're good right now on your own when you get married and start having kids. You know, that's going to change what you put out there. And yeah, and uh, my daughter won't touch anything that's green. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, green beans is just that's for me and the rest of us. But, you know, uh, and, and then it goes from there. You know, you said you got chickens and you got rabbits. Um, we had rabbits. We got rid of ours. Uh, I, I couldn't get anybody to eat them so you know once again what was the what was the point of the time and effort of it for but, sure uh, what what else you got uh, and i had i recently got back into rap i recently got back into rabbits i picked them up back last year i had gotten out of them it was just something that had uh been a little probably a little more intensive than what i had wanted for a while but picked them back up and uh and have really enjoyed the my second my second uh, time with the rabbits a lot better. Uh, my dad, uh, he has a farm, and I have a I have cattle there uh, that I uh, that I raise on the land there. I raised ten steers this past year. I sold nine of them and kept one of them to to raise and uh, kill next fall. So I'll share that with my family, and you know we'll have our homegrown beef. Um, so I've had homegrown beef before, but I've never raised a steer. So that's that's I'm, bad. That's I'm, I'm a little good. jealous. <laughs> we have we we have goats and sheep, so that's uh that's about the 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 extent of our four legged livestock. 
Hey, and another thing too, I, this kind of goes back to gardening, but if you don't raise livestock, it's hard to grow a great garden. Cause oh, yeah. I tell you the manure is the, is the, is like a, is the best currency that you could, you could possibly have. You yeah. always need more manure. That is one thing. <laughs> that is one thing I miss about the rabbits being gone. So I mean, rabbit, rabbit manure. Yeah, that is why I actually got back gold. into them. Yeah. We used to, uh, it is. To, and they, they produce a lot of it. We used to bag it and sell it. You know, gardeners, a long time really knows the value wow. of it. Yeah. I've made manure, I make manure tea out of it too. I I have a big old uh not really that container that I put it in and make manure tea out of it to water uh with. It stinks to high heaven, but uh it's the best I mean it'll grow great produce. Oh yeah, we, we used to make a tea out of uh a fish. Yeah, rotting, that probably rotting, was, it, it was oh, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> like you couldn't even bear to be within five feet of it. But I'm gonna tell you what, you threw it on a plant. Oh man, that plant will take off overnight. That's right. I mean, that goes back to, I mean that even goes back to uh prehistoric times when Native Americans would bury a fish head in with the hill of hill of uh beans and corn yep. as part of their how they would fertilize it. So yep, yep. That, that that works too, but I'm gonna tell you when you when you decompose it in a jar of water. <laughs> it's rotten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm considering uh doing vermiculture this year and creating a, a nice vermiculture setup. Just I tried just, that once. Just for the just for the casings. Yeah. I tried that once. I think I got I think um I think they were too uh actually it's gonna sound weird, but they were too wet. Uh, instead of being some people getting too dry i think mine were too right. wet <laughs> i think i messed that up but i did try them one year wasn't successful at it and have not tried it again but if you've got rabbits you pretty much got <laughs> you pretty much got a worm farm underneath them anyway because that brings the earthworms out yes it does but so uh let's see you got your your your, your you, you you write you got your uh your crops there so um Oh, I had the question in my head and it just, it just flew straight out the window. So, uh, I guess one thing I wanted to ask you is about is, uh, in your area of the country, are you seeing in grocery stores, what I'm, what I'm seeing here and what, uh, other people are seeing around the country with, um, food scarcity on the shelves? Well, I, we've seen it in spurts. And I'll be honest with you, I think the this uh, this whatever you want to call this last year that we went through, cool. I, yeah, that that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> that'll work. Uh, has really kind of you know it's it's woke me up a lot. I mean, and I've done this my entire life, and I've done the preparedness thing my entire life, but you know, this has really kind of set it you know as a high priority, not just as a hobby. And um, I've seen different things like that throughout the year. And I'll be honest, the most recent one that I can think of that was probably the most alarming was I was in uh, our biggest city is about an hour away from me. And I was at the one of the department stores shopping and I went down some of the grocery aisles and they were bare. Like, I mean, it was- How long ago was that? It's been a couple months, but I mean, it was, uh, uh, it was bare. And, uh, you know, that, that that, that's an and that, this was at a time of the year when things these things should be well stocked well well supplied you know it was right before thanksgiving which could right. have been contributing to it but you know at the same time this is a major department store in a major urban area and they're bare they're completely bare on these things and uh the grocery store in the community uh, that i live in uh during march and april when covid and all of its glory was showing um you know a lot of things were rationed we were rationed on meat and milk. Um, a lot of things were bare that you just couldn't get. And, uh, you know, I thought that's not going to get any better. And if anybody, you know, if anybody tells you that it is, they're lying to you and they want you to give you some false sense of security, but it's not going to get any better on that kind of stuff. Right. Cause uh, I, I was in Walmart, uh, maybe two weeks ago and I put pictures on Twitter of the shelves and, and they were pretty bare. And, um, Earlier, earlier today, I did another podcast interview with a young lady up in Connecticut, and she said it's like that up there as well. You know, the yeah. shelves are getting pretty bare. 
So it looks like this problem isn't going to go away. No. Anytime soon, if if at all. And and I've seen rumor mills about how it's going to get worse and how oh, yeah. there's a worldwide famine coming because of COVID and all this. Well, you go, <laughs> you think back, and I, I have a degree in agriculture. I went to our land-grant University of Kentucky, and I have a pretty good understanding about how food gets from the commercial how commercial food process works and uh if you think back to when people when farmers and producers and you know outlet chains were dumping produce back in march and april when that was something that they were doing because they didn't have the demand for it that that to me that is that shows the ultimate weakness in the system is that one, it's none, nothing is being sourced locally if possible. You are, right. it's all being, it's being shipped from here and there and everywhere to bring it to where it needs to be. And one disruption wastes tons and tons and tons of food. I saw pictures of, of large tankards of, of milk being dumped on fields. I mean, just things like that, you know, and that, who knows what the future holds but if that's an indication of how fragile the food system is you know that ought to be a wake-up call to people uh to to learn skills my opinion right uh, no i agree and i mean you've seen me you've seen what i tweet on twitter and, oh yeah and uh, i've been pushing for it you know one thing i think we need to get back to is the old victory gardens of world war ii absolutely you know i think every family needs to at least subsidize some of their food in their backyard well and and to me, this is, uh, this is, I've read, read a lot about preparedness, read a lot, wrote some about it, you know, that type thing. But to me, there's a, there's a big misconception with a lot of people and they think times are going to get bad. I'm going to go buy this big basket full of seeds and I'm going to go out here in my yard and I'm going to plant them and I'm going to grow this, this beautiful garden just like that right and that's just not how it works like gardening cooking preserving food building all of that you you build on it and you you learn skills and you know today i made my uh kind of went through my garden plan for this year i tried to work on that this morning and uh you know i was making sure to write down some of the things that i knew i'd messed up on last year so that it didn't repeat it this year right and it, it's a progressive thing. It doesn't just happen. Garden journals so, are a great idea, everybody. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I keep a lot of notes about everything. <laughs> and, and you have to, and that's part of, uh, that's just part of it. You know, we, we all fail at something every year. Yeah. And, and you take that failure and, you, and if you don't jot it down, then you forget the specifics and then you fail again. You know, um, you know, I've been I've been yelling about planning since what October, November yeah. of last year. I mean, yeah, I, you've been tweeting about that a long time. I mean, it, people don't. You're you're right. They think they're just gonna go put some seed in the ground and and just grow something. So I wrote a book last year, uh, beginning the journey to food independence. Right? Yeah. It's a basic. I've never touched a seed. I've never played in dirt. Book. I've had several people tell me that have read the book who have gardened before that it's full of stuff. They didn't know that to me or you, like if you bought that book and you read that book, you'd be wasting your time and money. You know what I mean? Like it's basic stuff to us. And, and, and I've, I've been coaching people. I've been doing garden planning, you know, and um, I had one person at a consultation call and they literally thought, they were going to put some plants in the ground and walk away from it. And and when I got done with them, they're like, Oh, I, I can't, I can't grow a garden. I was like, why? And they're like, I just, I don't have that much time. It's like raising a child every year. Like it's, yeah. it's a, it's a commitment. Like it's, you got to be committed to it. And I'm going to throw this out here too. And I, I, you saw this tweet uh, too, but I've, I've been told that canning lids are going to be scarce this year. They already are. Yeah. That, yeah. And uh, told by somebody I know that works in retail in my community that they can't even order jars for their store until September 2021. And, you know, canning lids last 
um, last last year here anyway, and I'm sure other places too. If you found them, it was like finding uh, finding mm-hmm. a, a needle in a haystack. And uh, I was lucky last year. I typically operate a year ahead, so I I had you know I had my canning lids laid back. I bought I buy them in bulk and have them laid back, ready to go for the next next season. Well, I my bulk lids that I ordered for this coming year last spring uh, didn't never came in. So uh, I've uh, luckily I've still I've still got some in in storage, but you know I ordered I uh, spent a little more money than I probably should have, but it'll be a wise investment. I bought. 24 dozen Tatler reusable lids this week Uh, and they're supposed to be shipped to me tomorrow but you know I I just I'm not sure what to expect in the in the future in that in that regard well well, you know I flip products for uh I'm I'm in the products for profit group um one thing last summer that hit was jars canning jars yeah you know guys in the group were finding the jars paying normal price for it, turn around, selling them three, four times what they're worth. And guys were making some serious money off of it. So I went a little different route. Once I found out they were getting scarce and people were starting to flip them, I went out there and bought every jar I could find. And they are still sitting in my, my pantry closet in there right now. So I bought, so so kind of like you, I went a year ahead of time. I'm like, man, if they're hard to find now, they're going to be hard to find next year and I need them. Yeah. Yep. I, that's, I, I encourage that. And, and I, you know, I've inherited quite a few <laughs> over the years, so I, I don't really worry about jars anymore. I'm, I'm at the stage where it's just lids, but, right. uh, you know, it's a, anytime that I, but any, even to this day, if I find them a big box at a yard sale, you can best bet that I'm bringing them home. Like they're coming back with me. If I can oh, find yeah. them cheap, you can wash anything off. You yep. can Clorox, Clorox will purge whatever was in there. So, uh, if nothing else, run them through the pressure canner. That's right, it and it's hot everything. enough to kill everything anyway. So I'm not really, not really concerned about it. But so, <clears throat> and I, I mean, and I've really part of what my planning. I'll let me pull this up here. I've got it on my desk, but I just went through and made a list of everything that I I grow, and I really started to think. like prioritizing how I'm, what am I going to do if I can't get any more lids? Like say that this is, say that I have to have to make a lot of uh, adjustments and what's going to be my priority items. And that's where I'm kind of thinking at now. And I've got some friends that I met on a, another, on a uh, self-sufficiency forum. We keep up on Facebook now. uh, But, uh, we were talking about the same thing the other day about, you know, prioritizing what we, we can, you know, I come from the school of thought that you can't everything that's not nailed down, but you know, really if things like that are going to be scarce, probably need to root focus. Cellaring. Yeah. I mean, root cellaring. Um, we, I do manage, manage, uh, I've got freezers and things like that, but you know, I, I'm not a big fan of freezing stuff just because electricity goes out Oh, yeah. you know you're you're in trouble but uh so it's, i actually fixed my list to where i've got kind of got that in my mind about what 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 needs to be prioritized anyway yeah but, have you ever seen the uh the uh it's like the barrels that you bury in the ground i have not no so what you do is you take so you know crops like onions garlic potatoes they'll keep in cool dark you know they'll, yes. they'll keep on winter long so what people are doing is buying 55 gallon plastic drums with the clasp tops, the removable tops with the, the steel ring on it. Oh, okay. Burying it in the ground, leaving maybe the top four inches above the ground level. Mm-hmm. You put straw in the bottom, put a layer of potatoes, put a layer of straw, layer of potatoes, layer of straw. Well, inside the earth, it stays dark, it stays cool, and they keep all winter long. So it's like miniature root cellars. That's a great idea. Uh, my grandfather he had a he had a uh, pit dug in the barn and they basically did that but it wasn't in a wasn't in a container it was just a big hole and they called holing it up and there's been a lot put up put up about that too but uh, today with the weather that we get uh, I definitely have to have a container because we get probably 45 inches of rain every year and it's we we get 
we get more here than the Pacific Northwest does, and that's a rainforest up there. Yeah, and uh, I, we're not far behind that. We we're you we're know, wet all the time. In 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 ground storage is is good here if you can get the container and it's got to be watertight and yeah, you know just freezing is not an option here because I deal with hurricanes. Yeah. You know, last year we got hit by Hurricane Zeta, wiped out just about my whole farm. Yeah. Um, so that's always, you know, that's something else that people don't think about when they plan their garden. They don't think about the weather. They don't think about what yeah. happened. You know, snow is not a deal here. Hurricanes are not a deal at your house. So, yeah. you know, there's are people have to take into consideration what's in their area. Like I know tornado season is about to kick up and I'm at the very yeah. southern, southeastern tip of Tornado Alley. Yeah. Well, and here, uh, tornadoes aren't even uh, really that big of a big of a deal for us. I mean, we've had one major one. Um, well, not even probably not even what you would call major one in the last fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, so, they're hard to they're hard to form up there in the mountains. Yeah, but uh, we get a lot of rain. Like yesterday, it um, like I live on a hillside and it. It's standing water is standing on a hillside and you know the ground is very saturated if water stands on a hillside right uh, but um and then we've always got the threat of you know ice and snow in the winter not as much it's it has gotten it has lessened uh not had a lot of it in the last couple of years but it's always it's kind of that it's kind of standing in the shadows with you but, right uh, my biggest problem gardening has been too much rain actually it's i'm the opposite of most people instead of not enough it's always it's always a struggle getting too much because it usually just hits and it's just you get it over and over and over again so staying ahead of the weeds and getting everything in the ground is usually the hardest part for me right i've actually taken the growing everything under a cover yeah that's yeah. a smart idea so they like everything's in a greenhouse right now and uh People ask me why I don't build a more permanent structure for my greenhouse, but with these plastic ones, with the plastic, you know, just poles with plastic over it, I can roll the sides up. Yep. So in the summertime, when it's 100 plus degrees for a month straight, you know, you roll the sides up, you get a draft through there. When it rains, the cover knocks the rain yeah. off the sides. And, and uh, yeah, down here, it's, it's a whole thing. Like in the summertime, all my crops grow under shade cloths. I yeah. have to shade cloth my entire garden, or the sun will cook it. Yep. See, we don't have, we don't have to worry about that here. That's not a that's not an issue. But yeah, we uh, we have a split growing season here. Yeah, we you know typically here we're not far enough we're not far enough north that uh, we probably have six six seven at the most months where you can grow uh, without any uh, covering. Uh, so we have, I would just say we have a very traditional growing season. You know, you right. plant, plant in, in mid-April to late May, you're done by mid-October. Like that's the framework that it falls in. Well, do you ever so, grow a winter garden? I have not. Usually um, I have had intentions of it before, but uh, usually by that time I'm just, I'm ready for a break. <laughs> <laughs> and there ain't nothing wrong with a break. <laughs> No, that's that's what I tell people. I'm like, you know, winter is when most farmers take a break. I that's I keep going. Yeah, kale kale gets so sweet when it's cold outside, and and I've seen people grow kale in the snow. Yeah, kale is very hardy, and you know, all the, a lot of the all those brassicas are you know cabbage and broccoli, but kale is exceptionally for some reason it is it is more hardy than the rest of them. It produces but, uh, more sugar, so mm -hmm. you actually get a much, much sweeter leaf you know come January. yeah yeah and then i've i've never grown parsnips but i've always been told that parsnips are about basically the same way that if they were that they were actually a lot better if they'd been frosted and froze a couple of times <laughs> and then you've harvested them i've, I've never grown part i don't eat parsnips i don't either but that's what my granny told me so it must be true yeah yep. So. <laughs> yeah my last interview i was telling somebody about my great grandmas who taught me how to garden so it's a. Uh, it's good to see that pat get passed down from one one generation to the next. It is, and it's it's a it's a it's a family treasure, really. I mean, it's just a tradition that you carry on and that you keep and and that you uh, 
you know, it's something that you, and, and you know, and that's something even with food and like with recipes and things like that, they, uh, they unite generations really, because it's something that we can all share and, and take part in together for sure. It's like we cooked, um, we cooked Moroccan chicken the other night and, uh, one of the ingredients is carrots. And, uh, you know, I have uh, Ian Burnham down from Canada staying with me for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. So he's in the kitchen and, and we're cooking and uh, it's like we need carrots. So my son goes out to the greenhouse and pulls a couple carrots out of the container and comes back in the house. And Ian thought that was just the coolest thing. Yeah. I was, I was like, what? He goes, you just walk out the backyard and get what you need. I was like, yeah, that's the point of that's the point of doing what I do. You know, when I need exactly. something, you just walk out back and get it. There's no trip to the grocery store. You know, no. that, that dollar pack of seeds that's growing me a hundred carrots is way better price than what you're going to pay in a grocery store. So, For sure. And and there's always this security of it too. And that's something that I have always uh, enjoyed a lot about it. Uh, you know, is that um, there is no, no better feeling in my as far as this goes than having a full pantry and uh being able to take care of yourself i mean that's just that is a there's a satisfaction in that for sure um seen a lot i mean i wrote a lot about that too that's actually probably on things that i've wrote about that's probably my second major topic is is pantry and long-term food storage and things like that but um you know it on a practical day-to-day basis, you know, not only does it, it saves you time because it's right there at your fingertips. It saves you money. You're not running to the store every time that you need something. It's, it's there, you know, and it's, right. it provides that, that security as well. And, you know, uh, food preservation is important. You're going to see me start harping on that on Twitter here soon. I got a book coming out. Um, it's, it's a canning cookbook and, uh, you know, the, first step is planting the garden the second step is actually growing it decently but then you got to keep the food you, know? you got yeah what's the point of growing it if if you only get to eat it for a couple of weeks in the year absolutely yeah. and and that goes kind of goes back to what i was saying about those my seven crops that i listed off there you know most of those half of them can be stored fresh uh the remaining three can be or you know or canned but you yeah. You know, for the most part, uh, you're not going to, you don't ever eat a meal that doesn't have a potato. Right. And for for me, I eat a lot of tomatoes, even out of season, probably more so out of season, just because, uh, you know, canned uh, products that you make, make at home from them. So. Right. Oh, yeah, because we do, uh, when, I, when I do grow tomatoes, I always make homemade uh, tomato uh, Help me out here. Spaghetti sauce. salsa. Spaghetti sauce. Yeah. Yep. That's so, uh, a staple. Got to make that. You know, homemade but, uh, spaghetti sauce. Homemade salsa. My, my daughter will tear up some salsa, so I got to make that every year. Oh, yeah. We make a lot of jams and jellies. Yeah. And, uh, uh, apple butter. I've not made a lot of jams and jellies last couple of years because I've got a lot already, but I made really good apple butter last fall. Man, it was probably the best I'd ever made. But I did it a little differently. I uh, took a roasting pan and uh, run, uh, first of all, run my apples through a uh, my food grinder, which is a hand, it's a food meal, and uh, made them into applesauce. And then I combined that with my sugar and cinnamon, nutmeg, and allspice, and cooked that on low heat in the oven, uh, uncovered, and just let it get really nice and thick. And it's probably been the best I've ever made. Like I have just enjoyed it so much. It is just, it's not helped my weight loss efforts, but you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's been good though. Well, trust me. I, I got a jam. I call it apple pie jam and they taste uh-huh. just like apple pie. Um, but I made, I made apple butter this year. The apple butter recipe I use is 12 hours in the crock pot. Yeah. Um, and I made pumpkin butter this year, which turned out really, really good. Yeah. That's a favorite of mine too. I haven't made any in a long time, but that's a that's another good one. Good one too. I like those for sure. But um, <clears throat> so, what are your favorite? Uh, what are what are your favorite things to grow? Like, what are your 
what are you uh, growing right now in your greenhouse and your in your on your homestead? Right, right now the only thing I've planted is um, I just planted my cabbage last week, and um, I have onions coming up, I have garlic coming up, I have carrots, I, I have carrots year round. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm putting potatoes in the ground this weekend. Um, there you go. I got uh, but I got. 300 and some beans that's going in the ground. I got 400 and some corn plants that's going in the ground this year. Uh, watermelon, pumpkin. Watermelons and pumpkins always have to go in the ground here, no matter what else I plant. Oh, um, yeah. I, I'm actually planting a large area of ryegrass this year. Um, never cool. never tried growing a grain before. Mm-hmm. So this will be my first year doing that. Um, got a couple tobacco plants going in the ground. Yeah. So uh, Awesome. I'm from Burley country too, so <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I got. I got two bur two different species of burley, and uh, gonna gonna try my arm and uh, make them all pipe tobacco. Just, That'll be just, fine. Just to say that I've did it. it. It probably I probably won't enjoy it as much as the professional stuff, but yeah, you know, just to say I did it. Yeah, that's right. That's but good too. You know that, that that's important. Everybody homesteading is a lot of work. It is. is a lot of work. I'm not sure if it's your rooster or mine that I'm hearing. That's what's so it's great. mine. <laughs> that's, that's that's what's so great about this podcast. It's like your rooster or my rooster. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you, you got to have some fun. You got to have little side projects that you want to do. Uh, like my, like mine's growing my own pipe tobacco. I tried last year, failed. I know yeah. what I did wrong. Changing it up this year and doing something different. And that's what a lot of people I think get discouraged on is that it's, you're never going to be perfect. Like it's, you're never going to be finished in this. Like it's always, there's always going to be another step, another thing to complete and do. And it's a process. You gotta, if you don't enjoy the process, you won't, you won't keep up with it. I don't, I'm in my opinion. Right. And no, you're right. Cause, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If I put up the chicken run out there, you know, uh, I have some chickens at free range. I have some chickens that's in a run. Now the run they're in is like 3,600 square feet. I mean, it's a huge run. So yeah. they're, they're almost free range. Um, but, you know, just when I thought I was done, it was like two days later, I found a whole, I come out there and I got like five chickens loose in the yard. I'm, you know, <laughs> spend yeah. two hours trying to figure out how they get out. And, and you know, it's, same thing with the with with oh my god my goats are terrible i, I can't keep them in to save my life <laughs> i got i have three pastures one of them we completely ripped the fence down because they just i don't know and then uh the bottom pasture there's a spot down there i figured out where they're getting out at i haven't fixed it yet so yeah because we have i i only have three and a half acres so i yeah. have to i have to pasture rotate to so i don't oh, wear yeah. the earth out unfortunately yeah. where they're at now they have pretty much worn the worn the grass out i gotta reseed that whole area yeah. but yeah it, it it's it's harder it's it's a lot harder on a small acreage but it's it's doable it, it if is you, if you get in if you get innovative with it but uh yeah that uh, made me think of uh i've spent countless times chasing chickens and uh goats and i had a couple of goats for about a week did not was not set up for it okay it was not set up for it uh probably this is probably my ultimate fail uh did not have the right infrastructure did not have the right house like you name it like it was not like it i did not do it right and this has been several years ago i've learned a lot more since then but i had this this goat and the the baby uh i was going to milk the goat and right. uh, when i raised dairy goats and uh she had this kid with her and I had this electronet fencing. Okay, did not keep anybody in. But the kid, I just uh, went over and bit it. Like, just went over <laughs> and bit the fence, the electrified fence, went, bah! <laughs> and that's probably, <laughs> when I think about funny things that have happened to me doing homesteading, that's definitely, you know, in the top five. <laughs> well, <that's>, electrified goat. <laughs> but that's like when... Uh, before we started and i was like yeah i gotta go check the new baby goat and when i went down there his head stuck in the fence <laughs> i was like it's a good thing i walked down there it is yeah and we got we got I, rain coming in they need to be able to get into the house so. yeah but, well and 
uh, this is an this is another one that's probably I've had I've, I've declared war on possums my entire life. Like it's been possums and raccoons are my biggest pests, and uh, I'll never forget this. This is a I was I I, I was uh, probably fifteen or sixteen years old, and uh, sowing uh, some carrots in the garden. And it was in first of April. And I uh, wanted to put some netting over it to kind of keep, I did it a different way and wanted to keep it protected. But anyway, I was going to find this netting in the old, old shed. I go in there and they're in this bag. It's where this netting is supposed to be. And uh, at the top of it, it looks like a water hose, just casually in the bag. And I just got to looking at it. I'm like, it had scales on it. And I was like, well, there's a snake in this bag. And I'm and I I'm not touching that. Like I, I I'm a lot braver now than I was then. Still still would not touch a bag if I thought there was a snake in it. I don't care if it's not poisonous. I ain't doing it. Right. But I had this shovel here and I whacked that bag. Well, this possum jerked up out of the out of the bag and was staring at me. And I mean, it was like it it scared me so bad. I mean, <laughs> it was just it like I shook. <laughs> so I ran to the house picked up a gun and went back and got rid of it but i have i don't know how many possums i've dealt with the last over the years i killed one not too, um, probably not two weeks ago uh, it beat me back from church on wednesday night and uh it was in the in the chicken coop getting ready to throw down but uh i got there just in time didn't lose anybody but uh i got i got terrible i got something getting in my coop and i cannot figure it out i have filled in holes i have set steel traps i have set rat traps I don't know what is getting in there, and it's driving me crazy because, you know, I mean, I guess I got enough to share. I average 16 to 20 eggs a day out of my chicken coop. Yeah. So uh, it would be it would be 30 to 36 if something wasn't getting in there. <laughs> well, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I sell these eggs. So every busted egg is lost money, right? Yeah. Well, and I... I some people, yeah, talk about sharing with the. I was always told when you plant corn, plant one for the coon, one for the squirrel, one for uh, the crow, and one for you too. Four seeds in a hill. And yeah. I'm not about that. I'm I'm about let's get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't take a very tender <laughs> tender view toward it. But uh, you've got a trail camera. You set that up in there if you do, or um, I do, but it's two hours away in the woods. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, it, won't, it won't be in the woods very much longer. Uh, deer season ends in five days. So, yeah, I would be, I, I'd, I'd get me a camera in there and I'd figure out what it was. Uh, but uh, my coop has a wooden floor, so it's pretty easy to, you know, it, we don't have, I don't have any problem with uh, keeping pests out. But, um, you know, except when I leave the door open and then they just walk in the normal way. That's, that's right. about the only time that I have any problems with that raccoons in the in the corn patch though are typically my uh, biggest problem in the garden but that changes from year to year some years are not bad some years they are right but, I don't, i've never you know i've been in, in the house i'm in now almost eight years and i've never seen a raccoon i've seen them uh, dead on i've seen them dead on the side of the road a few miles up the road but right here where i'm at now this year is turning out differently because usually I see possums. I got possums everywhere. I ain't seen a possum in one, one this year. Hmm. But I walked out the other uh, three days ago, four days ago. Ian was here. I walk out of the bathroom, and all I smell is skunk. Oh man! And I walk out the back door, and it just smacked that musk just smacked me right in the face. Oh my gosh! I never saw the skunk, but in eight years, it's the first time I've ever smelled a skunk. I was like, so I got new crap coming up now. Have you ever shot a skunk? Uh, yes. I don't recommend it to anybody, but <laughs> sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> we, well, they well when I lived in North Carolina, they used to get in my house. So, or up under up under my house, so my house always smelled like skunk musk. So we got to where we were live trapping them, and we'd hook a carabiner and a rope to the live trap, set the live trap up under the house. So when we caught one. We just take that rope and pull the hole. Gosh. Jump the house. <laughs> just just to keep our distance from it, right? Yeah. And then we would shoot it. 
I don't, I don't know if it's legal to shoot something in a live trap or not, but yeah, I'd tell everything, you know. Uh, I shot one in the one of my chicken coops, and it was probably the worst thing I could have done. I should just let it leave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I killed it too. Like it was, you know, one and done. But man, it like the. It's a ghost, you might say, lingered for a long time. <laughs> I smelled it. I smelled it was probably in March, and I smelled it into the fall. Like it, it, it lingered. So, yeah, that was not something I would recommend anybody. Yeah, yeah, we took them out into the field. And, I mean, oh yeah, it, it was my, <laughs> it was my landlord that shot them. I didn't own a gun at the time, but I, I helped him catch them and drag them out there. So, yeah, but no, it's a uh, it, it skunk is. Skunk is something I would, and you know, honestly, skunk must doesn't bother me. I'm weird. I know, like, it doesn't smell good, but it's not like, oh my god, this is terrible. But what hit me outside the back door the other day, it's like it was like he sprayed it straight up my nose, man. It was it was so bad. He was close, then. He was. He, I think it smelled that one. Now, I, it was right. Of course, I was right on it. You know, I was right on it, and it smelled. Yeah. I imagine that it smelled like burnt to death garlic. That's to me, that's what it put me in the mind of, but it was terrible. I mean, it, it hung in there for a long time. But it got in the, it soaked into the wood. <laughs> yeah. It soaked into the wood. I mean, it, it was there. I mean, and it, I mean, it fall, it stayed lingered outside for many days after that too, not just in there, but just in the vicinity for a yeah. long time after that. Like, well, that, I didn't think a, it ever leave. That's like uh, uh, the, those wicking things that you buy for candles. You know, it sucks the wax up and just releases yeah. the smell out. Yeah, <laughs> your, your your walls became those wicks. It's just slowly let the smell out. Yeah, that was it for sure. Uh, it, it's yeah. I don't have a I don't have a raccoon. You know, for the possums I have around here, I've never caught one in the garden. I've never had an issue with anything getting in my garden. And. Uh, I think they're more interested in the cat food and the dog food than they are in my garden. And that's that's how it needs to be. The, the raccoons like the sweet corn, though. They flat go to town. And I used to have a dog that kept it away. The dog died. And now I'm just kind of I'm trapping, trapping them now. I've trapped some last year. Uh, they're too smart for my live traps, so I have to, I have to use the kill traps. But, uh, you know it's just the price you pay i guess but yeah. uh, that and that's something else you know a lot of people need to understand that this is to do this right it's it's got to be in cooperation with and not it's with nature as well like you've got to deal with it as it comes and it's learning how to manage that to the best of your ability is a is a struggle for sure for a lot of people you know the weather the past so on and so forth you have to learn how to manage that but at the same time there's no other there's no other lifestyle in my opinion that you can where you can be as in tune to nature as you are uh with this like you you understand the seasons and you understand you, you have an understanding of how life works like it's right. everything is a cycle and it you see it complete every year you know we're getting ready uh, i'm getting ready to fix my my greenhouse up uh not use the greenhouse uh here here before but you know done it before but uh and you're starting seeds and doing all the things that spring brings and you know you're gonna plant it and then you're gonna harvest it and then you're gonna repeat and it's you know a lot of people would do well to learn to, to learn that's that cycle of life i think now i get kind of philosophical from time to time about these things but that's just kind of how i look at it too no i agree you you get this you know, I put it on Twitter. You have to work in harmony with nature, and and part of that in harmony is is your closeness and your own attunement with nature. You know, I know I can be outside, and I just know when there's a storm coming up, mm-hmm. or I can tell you what temperature is going to be in a couple of days just by how the animals are acting. Yeah. Or you know, down here we get love bugs. They are they are these pesky things that have sex on everything in the air. They will land yeah. on you and do it. I mean, they're just terrible. They don't but care. Yeah. I know when I see the love bugs in March, April ish time frame, the weather's about to get hot. So from the time I see the love bugs, within two to three weeks, the weather will be hot. 
Now they come out yeah. twice a year. They come out again September, October. When I see them in the fall, two, three weeks, the weather gets cold. So, you know, it's, um, you know, people, when you live this lifestyle, you learn that. You, you read nature, you see nature, you read nature, you're in tune with nature, you know what's happening. I know by what, what pest I picked off of my plants that day, you know, what the weather's about to do. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like the best kept secret that's available to everybody. It is. And it, and, and a lot of people need to learn that rhythm of life and um, that, you know, that you work, you work in the spring and the summer, you, you, and then you kind of hibernate in the, the cooler months. Unless you're, that's, unless you're Joseph, but <laughs> uh, that's my strategy to it. I think, you know, wintertime, I'm here, I'm reading, I'm writing, I'm doing those type things. I'm doing things outside, of course, too. I mean, it doesn't quit, but it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't take up most sure. of my time. Yeah. Sure. And, and, you know, I grow year round, but it gets dark by 4.50 in the afternoon. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. I got more time to, to read, or I got more time to write, or I got more time to listen to podcasts, or play around on Twitter, you know, whatever it is yeah. I want to do, you know, I have more time for that. And for sure. Because, uh, you know, I'm outside at 10 o'clock at night in the middle of summer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I am too. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm out till it gets dark. Here, that's 9 o'clock, but that's 10 o'clock your time, as I learned this, uh, this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> well, I've, so. I've learned with that uh, that that uh, link I sent you, like, it's on there, like, the time difference, but you got to look for it. Like, they don't make it very obvious. Yeah, I, I wasn't looking for it. I was just assuming that you were in Eastern time, which was wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Oh well. But uh, no, I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> that's, the, that's the second time today and the third time this week that's happened. So no. Uh, yeah. It is uh, good. I have a, I have another interview to do Friday, and uh, see th- this one will air next week. Um, okay. Which will be the second February second. And yeah. uh, and then the one I do Friday will air February 9th because I'm putting these out every Tuesday. But uh, yeah, uh, I got one to do Friday. I've already put it in my head. I got a plan to do this an hour earlier than I thought I was doing it. So yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> they're Eastern time zone too. All of y'all have been Eastern time zone. <laughs> but yeah, <clears throat> but, but yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. What do you think we can do to make people wake up to this and realize that they need to do this? Well, I, I, I mean, think I, the first thing, and this is has nothing to do with growing food, but the first thing is people have to realize they can live with less. Absolutely. You know, and I I'm a blessed man. I have, you know, I have resources. I have a good job. I can do the things that I want to do, but it does not make me like it. It is not what I, I value most of all. Right. And I think that's an underlying kind of principle with it is that you have to, you have to realize you have to be content with less and not that not in not, not in a derogatory way either as most people would paint it, but you don't need, you don't need half the things that you think you do. And I think also, and this has been a big wake up call for me, uh, is the the health aspect of it too uh you know you're eating better you're moving more um and there are so many benefits to that too yeah Um, i I tell i i I upset some people actually um but i I said on twitter a while back that i could live comfortably on twenty thousand dollars a year comfortably yeah yeah you know to most people that is poverty yeah yeah uh, it, it is it it it's only what you make it it is yeah. exactly, and and the things that matter most in life, you know, you don't buy them anyway. So, right, um, and that's and that's I think that's a big disconnect with modern modern culture is that it, you know, things that that are really worth something are free, are free anyway. Right, and uh, but that's that's to me that that minimalist attitude is probably the first thing. Um, but I live in an area, and, and you probably, if you were living in Western North Carolina, it's probably a lot the same way. 
but there are a lot of people that live this way here. I mean, mm-hmm. not to, maybe not to the extent that I do, but you know, a lot of people can. A lot of people they, grow a garden. Even thin, probably more than you think. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's you know, it's not as uh, it's not that rare. You know, you make your own salsa. Well, we do too. You know, it's you know, it's just the to the to the extreme. You might say is different. Now, I I don't think there are a lot of people that um, maybe do a lot of things that I extra things that I do, but there is that general, genuine and general sense that this is how we do things. But um, that's probably just for certain areas. So I, I know that that's not everywhere. But, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if you look at things like over the last five, 10 years, you know, the, the small house, but the tiny house movement has, uh, yeah. has really taken off and, and with people who move into that lifestyle comes more gardening and more self-sufficiency and, yeah that that minimal i think minimalism brings self-sufficiency with it it does so you know i don't i'm not a minimalist in the fact that like my house is almost empty of anything yeah i'm, I'm minimalist in the idea that i require the minimum there you to, go to that's me happy. too man that's me too so you know i got i got books everywhere i love my books you know i have i have tv i have furniture you're not sitting on the floor when you come to my house so i'm yeah i'm I'm not that i'm not that kind of minimalist yeah but yeah if you can't live comfortably on twenty thousand, i mean if you want to make more sure but what i try to tell people is is that should be your goal twenty thousand dollars a year you can live comfortably if if that's what it came to and if you can't pay for it don't buy it exactly Um, and I mean, I, I have some debt, but nothing that I can't pay off quickly. Right. You know? And I've done it for other purposes, but um, that's just kind of, you know, that, that comes with it too. And that, that, that frugal aspect to it, the simplicity of it, I think that all goes hand in hand too. But, you know, really, you're talking about putting a wake up call. And, and I'm afraid that, and this is just my opinion, I might get a little tinfoil hat time here, but um, my, you know, the, the thing that, the thing that's going to be the shock to the system is when the system doesn't work anymore. Right. Which we got you a know. taste of last year. Yeah. And, and, and that, you know, that, that should be a, that should be a shock to anybody that, you know, you cannot, you cannot count on the system. And, and that's not, and that's not even tinfoil hat stuff either. That's just, if you understood how fragile everything actually is and how co uh, co reliant and independent codependent everything is, then you see that one cog, one cog in the machine that comes out out of place, the whole thing falls apart and right. burns to the ground. And uh, I, I think that you know that 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 will ultimately be the shock to the system, but it won't be it won't happen the way that we would like it to happen and, and even when that happens you're going to have those that are so trusting of the system that they will starve to death waiting on everything to go back to normal yeah and because a lot of people aren't people of action uh, they don't have a plan they right. just do what they're told and um you know i want to be i want to be right there in the middle and you may shake your head at that but i want to blend in but i don't want to be <laughs> i don't want to be uh, I, I don't want to be the the person that's uh, listening and, and being fed the same and and believing it. You know, right. I want to I want to keep my peace and you know do my part, but I want to be uh, I want to be uh, you you, you got to have a plan. That's, I, that's I all there is to it. I think that's most everybody that lives this lifestyle. We're we're the type of people where we just want to be left to our own devices. You know, we're we're not bugging you. Don't bug us. You know. Yeah. It's like. The, you know, big thing, some of the circles on Twitter that I'm on, everybody's talking about the upcoming Civil War and fighting for the nation and the Constitution. And I'm like, you know what, this might make you mad, but that's not my fight. I, I don't want to go fight nobody. You know, I want to sit on my farm and take care of my kids and my wife. Yeah. And, you know. And everybody talks big talk. And right. the people that are saying that there's going to be a, a Civil War, the same people that are going to go out here and plant a garden in their front yard. I don't think that there is a, honestly, and this is not popular, this is going to make people mad, but it just is what it is. Modern men, especially, are not in shape to fight 
foot combat. <laughs> okay. We don't have the resources that the federal government, like, why would you even, uh, why do you, I mean, yes, it's a novel idea. Yes, it's been done in the past to no avail, but it's, you got to figure out a different way to approach it, in my opinion. That's, I might get some bad reviews on that, but that's okay. No, I agree. You know, I don't think there's any way to beat the federal military in an all-out war. You know, you can do a war of attrition and, and really just choke them be you know be like a bee in the a bee in the nest and trying to just bug everybody but you know for the most part it's when it's like i told my sons it's like if you keep your head down and keep your mouth shut and mind your business it's like i don't care who's in charge they're not going to bother you yeah you know i i was a soldier i've worked for uncle sam uncle sam don't care about the average person no, the, despite what people like to think, but no, and that and it, yeah, that's you. You just you just need to take care of yourself, right? And go on. Yeah, and I and I think that's a and and again that that falls under getting into that self sufficiency lifestyle. You know, it's not very self sufficient to grab a rifle and go shoot at people. No, not at all. You know, I, that. I I have a hunting rifle and I hunt with it and. <laughs> That's its only use, and that will always be its only use. You know, I, I do, I do have a handgun for for self defense. Well, I'm on the church security team, so you know, yeah, we, uh, I, I got self defense. I'm not saying you can't defend yourself, but I'm not out looking looking for a fight. You know, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel the same way. Um, but, uh, but that's just, I mean, those are the type of things you know that you. People talk. There, people have a lot of talk, right? And that that goes right in in along with that. People talk a lot, and uh, and like everything else, believe about a quarter of what you hear, half of what you see, and that's about it. Right. So. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, James, we are at the hour mark, so we're going to wrap it up. Do you have any final? Uh, thoughts or advice or any questions for me that you want to end this with trying to think trying to think um my advice to anybody just i guess just one just one piece of advice and then i'll i'll, I'll hush but is work always work ahead of the schedule and uh, when i say that one of my biggest and this goes back to planning. We've talked a lot about that too, but one of the biggest things that you can do is work is work ahead. And I'm always, when we get into wintertime, when you come into December, I'm already thinking about, I'm thinking about April. And when we get to June, I'm thinking about October. And that's, that's the cycle that I work on. And uh, on the side of my desk, you can't see it where you're at, but I have a, I posted it on Twitter the other day, but I've got my to-do list things that have got to be done in the next yeah i've seen that tweet like like hands down got it's got to happen so always plan whatever you're doing plan have it have a goal on mine and 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 i think and and that that's not just with this lifestyle either that's if you're gonna if you're gonna study something if you're going to master something if you're going to train whatever it is have a plan that's that's probably my biggest piece of advice to well, absolutely i mean i mean you can't even go to the gym and work out because if you don't know how to do the exercise you're exactly. just going to injure yourself so yeah and even on that i'll tell you I, i've taken up going to the i train at the gym now but i have a, my planner i have a and i have it pencil in when i'm going to the gym and, and then i've got the plan also wrote down what i'm going to do when i get there but you know work off that schedule set some goals each week week of things that you need to accomplish and, and get them done. That's, you know, and then, and that, that's the second part to it is don't just write it down. You got to actually do it. You know, yep. it, a list looks great, but if I don't cross things off the list and don't do them, then it, I just wasted some ink and paper. Yep. All so, of us. Yeah. All right, James, I am so happy to have you on. I'm so happy to, to, to see you face to face. Yeah, me you too. Know, uh, I had this impression of you. You know, with the coonskin hat and all. <laughs> hey, you know that's all right. That's, uh, I love I love your profile picture though. But uh, it's Daniel Boone. Yeah. 
So for those of you that are looking for me on Twitter, might be looking for me on Twitter, that is Daniel Boone. And it's, I think it's App Homesteader One, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, the name is James on there. But um, great guy. Go follow him. Well, you, you won't regret it. I don't, I don't remember who introduced, I think maybe homegrown sanctuary introduced me to you probably yeah i think i've got an i, I think i made his mention list one time people to follow yeah so, so uh, uh well i'm glad he did yeah me too i've enjoyed it for sure so everybody we are going to wrap this up and call it a, a successful podcast i've enjoyed this conversation james and uh just like i told the person um, that i interviewed earlier today i would love to have you back come uh it's spring early summer sure and just kind of get where 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 you're at on your homestead and i'll talk about where i'm at on mine and you know she she was in the same place planning you're planning i'm planning and that you know it's kind of where we should all be right now yeah and uh getting ready for the spring yeah springtime's busy and joseph i've enjoyed this very much and appreciate the the invitation yes sir we'll talk to you soon all right